Welcome to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. I'm Alexis Christophorus. Recent reports confirm what we suspected, that the once red-hot housing market is indeed cooling. But that is not stopping Compass, the tech real estate company that's growing in leaps and bounds. And joining me today on the podcast is Compass's founder and CEO, Robert Refkin. Welcome. Really pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Now, talk to us first off, because uh, I think people want to know what you think about the state of the real estate industry. You've got 7,000 agents uh, all across the country, right? You're in 83 cities? Yep. I mean, a- 83 cities across 19 markets. And what we're hearing from agents is that the market is starting to soften. Uh, and that's largely driven by two things. One, the uh, increase in uh, the interest rate, you know, the Fed increased rates three times so far this year, so that 30-year fix is now 4.7%. But secondly, the stock, the stock market you know, is starting to see increased volatility, and that affects consumer confidence. Yeah, I mean, consumer confidence right now, uh, as we speak here in this podcast, is about at an 18-year high. Are you expecting that to start to pull back a little bit? It, I mean, the, the what we've seen in the stock market has really been over the last couple of weeks. And so if it continues, which you know, today it's, it's gone up, you know, knock on wood, mm-hmm. uh, but if it continues to, to suffer, the, the number one driver of consumer confidence is always the stock market. And that will impact real estate prices and buyers. So when, when do you think this may turn to actually be a buyer's market? Yeah, so uh, although rates have, have risen, yeah, I, I think it's important for us all to recognize that increased rates can be a buyer's best friend because they create um, lower prices, they create more inventory and more negotiating leverage between the the buyer and the, ultimately the, the seller. And when you, you look at the environment that we're in right now, there's also some very strong positives. You have uh, record low job vacancies, you have record wages, uh, and then you have millennials entering their prime buying season. And so this could be a very interesting time for buyers. Who do you see driving the sales right now? I've seen reports where they say it is the millennials. Is, is that what you're seeing? Uh, we, we're, we're seeing that it's primarily millennials, that they're, they're on the positive, the unique, the unique difference versus you know, five years ago. That said, one of the impacts on the negative side that we're seeing is that 45% of buyers uh, are people that are moving from one mortgage to another mortgage. It's, it's, a, it's a second home. And those buyers uh, now, with an increased uh, mortgage rate, are starting to question whether or not they want to buy a home. And so we, we, there's a survey out there that says 11% of the people that were going to buy no longer want to because mm. of the increased cost of the existing mortgage. Um, okay, that makes sense. Are, are folks scared that maybe they'll be underwater on their on their on the home they have now, or is it more that you know, unless I'm really pushed to move, there's really not a compelling reason for me to to change homes at this point. It, it, there are very few markets where people are underwater. Uh, prices have gone up pretty consistently for the last eight years, um, and so it, it's more about the cost of financing the home, which is becoming the barrier. Um, what about rentals? You, you deal with both rentals and and purchases, flat out purchases. What what? Where's your business? Where are you doing more business? Yeah, there. At least in New York City, well, one we've seen over 800 price drops in the last month um, in New York City on the sales side. But we are seeing more people that were considering buying, uh, be saying that choosing opting into rentals in New York. Uh, than we have at any time that I've been in, in real estate, which is now six years. And is that because they're waiting, they, they are confident prices are going to drop more? 
they're cautiously optimistic that prices are going to drop more. <laughs> what do you think about that? I mean, we saw the latest report from S&P, Case Schiller, mm-hmm. showed that prices did rise, but not as as much as they have been in the past. Do you think that at some point we're just going to see drop, prices drop 5 maybe even 10%? And when might that happen? Well, it's really important to know that real estate is local. There's only one time in the last 100 years where prices dropped consistently across all markets, and that was 2008. Um, the reason why it's local is, yes, there's a relationship between you know, the, the, there are consistent relationships. That would be the stock market and consumer confidence. That would be interest rates. But what's unique is jobs. You know, the you know, jo- influx of jobs, influx of population, the, the prices, the, the wages in that market. And, and so what's going to happen in markets like San Francisco, where there's you know, a lot of you know, great dynamics with, it, with job population, versus you know, a market which may be losing jobs and losing people, will be completely different. Do you think that we need to worry at all about a housing recession? No. Because, no, you don't. No. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, 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 I'm, I'm glad you asked that question. Um, unlike 2008, there are a lot more standards in place today than there were. Uh, as an example, the, the loan-to-value uh, ratio the, and the amount of equity cushion that buyers are forced to have in their home is, is much, much stronger than it was in 2008. I want to uh, focus and zero in now on Compass itself. Mm-hmm. So you've raised a very impressive amount of money uh, since the company was founded in 2012. You've raised $1.2 billion. SoftBank is one of your largest, if not your largest, investor. Um, your company's now valued at $4.4 billion. First off, did you ever think uh, <laughs> you would be a CEO of a company worth that much? No, I didn't. I mean, we started <laughs> off as a, uh, a, a rental company in New York. Um, what we did really well is we were able to raise a lot of money and hire really great people who were able to identify the opportunities in this space across geographies, across technologies, uh, across sales and rentals. And there's a lot of opportunity in the space. I mean, just what, what, what really surprised me, and again, I didn't appreciate it as much you know, when we founded the company six years ago, is real estate is the largest segment of the global economy. It's $216 trillion of assets. There's never a moment that you see that you don't see real estate, land, residential, commercial. It touches everything that we do uh, in our personal lives and in our work. Uh, and while we, while technology has improved uh, how we buy goods, it has improved how we, you know, tr- transportation, it's improved how we communicate with our friends and family, it has not improved real estate. And there will be a great technology company that improves the way that the real estate process works, and we hope to be that. Talk to us a little bit about uh, the technology you offer your agents. I I take it it is um, unique to you. It's patented technology, Mm -hmm. um, proprietary technology. And and give us an example of of what your agents can do that perhaps agents at other firms cannot. Exactly. So the average agent in this country, now there's 2 million of them. Right. Two, wow. We have 7,000 at Compass, so 7,000 business owners rely on us every day. I, I consider that uh, a very big responsibility because because it's not just them, it's them and their clients on one side, and it's them and their families on another. And so it, what we do at Compass really matters. Um, and when you think about the implications for you know for their clients and their family, um, the, these agents, uh, the, the average agent in the country spends 89% of their time doing non-core administrative and arts and crafts tasks because they have to log into over 10 companies to do their job. There are 400 software providers that sell to agents every day. 
there are over 800 MLSs in the country. There are 86,000 brokerage firms in the country that are serving agents. So the industry does work, it just doesn't work together uh, because everything's in a different place. The innovation of Compass really, most simply stated, is integration. In the same way, <clears throat> Apple, their first iPhone wasn't new, and there was nothing new there. What was new was that there are things there together for the first time. Uh, the digital photo, uh, which Kodak, by the way, created, you know, the, the, the tablet, which Microsoft created. Uh, now it's your keys, it's your wallet, and so on. It's an integration machine. Uh, the, an example of technology that we have is, I would say, is marketing center. If I were going to sell your home, I would need to do, I would need to create a brochure for the open house. I would need to create postcards to mail. I would need to create uh, digital uh, newsletters to email to my sphere of influence and put on my social media. Those four things today happen on completely different sites of those 400 software providers. And I, have to, I would have to log in, if I were not at Compass, log in four different times, upload the photos four different times, upload the copy four, mm. four different times, mm-hmm. and it can take four hours. At Compass, it's only one login because it's the same system, and yeah, it can take 30 minutes to do all those together. There's been a lot of talk about technology in the in the uh, real estate space being a big disruptor to the point where we are questioning the value of the human agent. Mm-hmm. Do you think that at some point in the future, uh, real estate agents will not exist? They won't be part of the process of buying and selling a home? Yeah, I, I believe that technology can replace a transaction, uh, let's say a, a stockbroker, but I don't believe it can cr- replace a process. To sell a home, there are over 50 things that have to happen. It's, it's much more complicated than it looks from the outside. It's not just opening doors. That said, I do believe the brokerage firm is at massive risk. We're in a blockbuster versus Netflix moment for the brokerage firm. The traditional brokerage firm, as we know it, I don't think will survive. And that's because they're really the middleman. So people think the agent's the middleman, but they're not. Hmm. The middleman is the brokerage firm that is between the agent and the customer and that is charging more value than it's providing. Uh, They didn't create these 400 software providers. They're just outsourcing them and giving them to agents. It's becoming more of a landlord-tenant relationship between the brokerage firm and the agent, and less uh, and and of what an agent does in a, in a day, they're using less and less of the brokerage firm and more and more of things outside of the brokerage firm. So, when you say traditional brokerage firm, um, are you talking about the elements and corcorns of the world? Look, I don't speak about other companies by name, but you know, the traditional brokerage firm is. Uh, is where an agent hangs their hangs their license, and um, in some cases where they'll where they'll use the office space. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, we're not, thirty years ago, customers would go to the brokerage firm, knock on the door, and say, "Can you give me an agent?" That world's gone. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, agents are marking themselves with social media, with digital newsletters, um, with ma- mailers. People people can find the agent directly. They don't need to go to the brokerage firm to find out who the right agent is. And that's, a, by the way, a very empowering thing. My mom's been an agent my entire life. Hmm. Um, 10 years in life insurance, 30 years in real estate. She's an entrepreneur. She's an agent at Compass today. She's 73 years old, wow. working, <laughs> yeah, working in the Upper West Side office. And by the way, I love her. I don't love the brokerage firm. Mm-hmm. Like, I care about her. I care about you know, people like her and their families. I don't care about the brokerage firm. Uh, that's just a firm. <laughs> it's not a person. Right. It's not uh, the relationship. It's, it's not the relationship. It's not the person doing the work. Right. My mom did all the work. I saw her do the work. Mm-hmm. I saw her knock on 10 doors, get said no to every single one of them, and then go to the 11th. So you're saying they should be rewarded. They shouldn't. They should 
be supported, first and foremost. Um, they should have the same support and simplicity in their work life that they get in their personal life, right? And it's it a should, nice concept. It's an, it is a nice concept. Uh, I think, you know, maybe taking a step back, one of the issues that we all have, everyone in work, is the best engineers in the world like the consumers more than like business people. <laughs> and so, so they build better products for, and they, the more they drive towards the consumer more than the, the, the business folks. Um, I think companies like Uber Lyft were able to benefit because it's like both sides of the market to, and, and you had to go through the driver to create a better consumer experience. And I think we're benefiting from that as well because the world's starting to realize that agents aren't going away. Um, and the best way to create a happy consumer experience is to create a happy agent. <laughs> um, you have a background in banking. I know you came from Goldman Sachs. So how did you fall into real estate? Yeah, so uh, you know, one, like I mentioned, my mom's uh, been a real estate agent. Uh, I was actually a real estate agent on her team for a while. Um, and uh, really, the, the way it happened is my co-founder is Ori alone. He sold one company to Google, another company to Twitter. He's one of the best technologists out there. And I met him when I was working in the White House at some conference called Academy of Achievement. And we, we yeah, you after were working he, for Gary Cohn at, uh, at the uh, White House. No, no, no. I, I was I, wor I worked in the White House as a White House fellow in 2005, 2006. Okay. Then I went to Goldman for six and a half years, five in private equity, and a year and a half as chief of staff to the president of the company. Okay. Um, and uh, who is Gary Cohn? And um, you know, I met with Ori after he sold his second company to Twitter. I was like, this guy's a magician. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, by the way, I think these the you know, AI engineers are almost like sorcerers. Right? <laughs> <laughs> to those but, of us who don't know, yeah, yes, they are. Yeah. And, um, and I said, let's you and I come together and let's, uh, let's create a company. And, and what he said is, and I told him, I, I hire a lot of the business folks, people from you know, places like McKinsey or, or Goldman, and, and he could hire the great engineers. And he said that would be interesting, but he said he'd only do it if we could think of um, a problem that touches everybody um, and that where there's not a lot of technology. He didn't want to go compete against Google, Amazon, Apple, right. or Facebook. Uh, he said it has to touch, it has to be touch, but it has to touch everyone. And we, as we, start, we talked about it, we said real estate. Everyone has to find a home. And there are n none of the, the big technology companies are in that space. Uh, and so that, that's how, so in a way that, that was the idea, that was the opportunity. And it became to be more and more true than we even realized. And fast forward six years, you're worth $4.4 billion uh, compasses. Um, what about an exit strategy for your investors? You are now a, a unicorn. Um, plans to IPO and what might that timeline look like? Yeah, we don't have, so I don't wake up in the morning thinking about uh, IPO. I think about how do we create more value to agents. Whoever creates the most value to agents in this country will be the platform. Mm -hmm. There aren't going to be 10 Googles. There aren't going to be 10 Amazons. There aren't going to be 10 real estate platforms. There's going to be one. And you know, we are you know, we are on a mission to provide as much value to them as possible. Technology support, marketing, culture, philanthropy, in every single way. Um, that said, in terms of IPO, uh, I would expect it to be somewhere in the kind of two to four year time frame. And are you profitable yet? So in our non-new markets, like when you launch a new market, you're not profitable because you're you're um, you're expanding so fast with office space and support before the agents come on and bring revenue. But in the the the, the markets that were previously launched, we're profitable in the majority of them. 
You also have a program that allows your agents to own a stake in the company, very much the way a company would offer stock options. Tell us about that. Yeah, so we call it the agent equity program. And in the same way, if you're an advisor at a law firm or an investment bank, you get equity in the company. We want our agents to get equity in the company, and they can reduce their commissions uh, that they make and get a proportionate amount of equity in the company. And we do that because we want them to feel like owners and to be owners. And so when the company does well, we want them to realize the, the benefits of that. Uh, in almost everything I do, I ask myself, uh, if that were my mom as an agent, how would I want them to be treated? And I would want them to benefit from the success of the company. Now, that said, my mom doesn't have equity because that's a conflict <laughs> right. of interest. Right. But, but <laughs> that, that's, the, the, the way, that's the way I, I think about making decisions at Compass. You know, you have to be aware of, of your critics out there, and there are many, um, for various reasons. And, and with this program in particular, some critics have said, you know, they're using their employees to actually help them IPO. What do you say to those critics? Uh, I think um, almost every company that goes public only goes public because the employees uh, in the company did great things to make them go public. And so I, I think you know, our employees and our agents, uh, again, I want to incentivize them in every way possible to make this company great and to make themselves great. Uh, because if they're great and the company's great, we're all great. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I, look, I know we have a lot of critics. Uh, I'm not, uh, by the way, I'm, I, I'm not critical of them, and I understand you know, the position they're in. I think I have a lot of empathy for um, you know, being in an industry where, where it's very hard to adapt and improve. Uh, you know, Kodak was a world-class brand. It was in the Dow Jones. It created the digital photo, but it just didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an industry with a lot of great ideas. Again, 86,000 brokerage firms, the 400 software providers, they're doing niche things, but they're not doing it together. And what agents want is they want the best of all that in one place. They deserve the best of all that in one place. And we're going we're gonna to do that for them. You've said that your goal is to reach 20% market share in 20 cities by the year 2020. We've seen a lot of your growth come through acquisitions. Mm-hmm. You're also poaching top talent at other places. Some folks say you do that a little too aggressively for their taste. Um, but is that going to be the growth strategy going forward? Because you have yeah. the deep enough pockets to do that for quite some time. You know, we're fortunate we have $900 million of cash now. Wow. Um, zero debt. and Very enviable. It's a good, a good <laughs> place to be in, particularly as we could go into a downturn. Um, it, it could be a very great place to be. And, you know, look, I think in a downturn, you know, as Warren Buffett said, uh, when the tide goes down, you see he's not wearing any pants. And I think <laughs> in this industry, there's a lot of people that aren't wearing any, a lot of companies that aren't wearing any pants. Um, but... Um, the majority of our growth will still has in the past and will continue to come from hiring agents individually. Um, and then, but we're going to start doing an increasing amount of acquisitions. Uh, we're also starting to shift our focus from just growing Compass to really double downing on growing agents. And so we're, we're taking a big pocket of money, um, yet to be announced how much that is, and investing it in our agents to grow their business. Examples would be, um, the Agent Betterment Fund, where we give them interest-free loans to grow their business in any way they want. Agents are all small business owners. Uh, they could be a, a $5 million team. That's a business. Mm-hmm, sure. But they can't go to a bank to get a loan. And if they did, it'd be you know, very aggressive rates. We give it to them interest-free, where they can use that to get leads, more coaching. They can hire more people on, on their team um, and, uh, and do other innovative things that we're seeing. 
We also launched Compass Concierge. So now every agent can go to their clients and say the market's softer today than it was a year ago. It's more important to prepare your home with staging, decluttering, landscaping, a modest cosmetic repair today than it was a year ago. We can give you as a client, you know, there's two options. You can either pay the $40,000 out of your bank account or Compass, the company will give an, uh, will, will pay for that um, and then get paid back with the proceeds. And so now every agent can do that. Those are things, those are two examples of things that will really help them grow their business. And you're going to, so you're moving beyond traditional real estate. It's, it doesn't end once the, the, the home is sold and the closing happens. Yeah, so I'm really glad you asked that. So. The vision of Compass is to create harmony and simplicity in the real estate process. Uh, not just to get a transaction, but the entire thing. Uh, right now, if you're a consumer, you have to buy a home using these different systems, and then uh, the application, or find a home on th- these systems, you f- apply for the home on this system, the mortgage is on that system, right. title on that system, escrow on that system, move-in services over there, uh, painter over there. We want to put every real estate service and real, every real estate service provider on one single platform. Whether they're ours or not, it doesn't matter, but they'll all be on one platform. Uh, and so the consumer can finally do everything in one place. And that will get rid of the friction and the fragmentation in the process. That's really the enemy. The reason why no one loves the way things work in real estate, like they do in you know with companies like Amazon, Google, or or Apple is because there's so much friction, mm-hmm. and that's the enemy that we're getting rid of. Too many cooks in the kitchen, as we like. Too to many say. cooks in the kitchen. Uh, w- the program you were just talking about, where you're you're giving, you'd be able to give your agents some monetary support, interest free. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds wonderful. Are there any? I don't want to call them strings attached, but you, do, do they would then would they then agree to stay with your firm for a certain amount of time? Because you do run the risk of folks saying, "Great." Yeah taking that money, doing all these cool things, and then leaving Compass? So that's a great question. Yeah. And that's what's different between us and one of the many things that's different between us and a brokerage firm. I am thrivingly, excitingly, uh, so optimistically ready to take that risk. Okay. Let, me, let me say it this way. The, remember, the it, it, our agents, because we serve them, they said that they believe they, that they would be able to double their listings, basically double their business with Compass Concierge, giving their clients the ability to do the staging and um, wow. And decluttering up front because it's such a competitive advantage right. to, in, in the listing presentation. How much should I be comfortable to lose, happy to lose, to have every agent in the company double their business? 10 million, 20, 30? Let's go <laughs> higher. <laughs> I'd love it. Yeah. It would change everything. We, we would almost instantly be 20% market share in the top 20 cities uh, overnight if we did that, if, if, if they double their business. Talk to me about how many more agents you want to bring on over the next few years. Um, so we're not. It's, it's not about agents. It's really about listings. Um, and you don't want to hire. You, you don't want to be a company that just hires anybody. So we don't hire people with less than two years' experience. Um, everyone that we hire has to be vetted by three agents in the company and be viewed as likable, collaborative, experienced, and fully committed. Um, but we do want a, the market share of, of listings and transactions because that makes you the, the platform where people are operating their business on. Um, and uh, you know, with that, as you mentioned, we want to have 20% market share in the top 20 cities by 2020. Where do you see real estate, the real estate industry, in five years? So if, if there is a downturn, I guess uh, a meaningful one, I think the majority of brokerage firms in this country will be there five years from now. Um, and you're going to see two things. One, people just exiting 
and we're seeing some of that now, by the way, into massive levels of consolidation, people trying to come together to survive. Um, and uh, again, the reason why that is, is agents are, when my mom started the business, splits were 50-50. So for every dollar an agent made, they gave 50% to the brokerage firm. Mm -hmm. Uh, now splits in some markets are 90, even like low 90s. Mm. You know, you take the cost of office space to support the agent, the math doesn't work. Right. Um, and yeah, and agents are wanting to pay brokerage firms less and less as time goes on because they're using more and more of their overall day, more and more things they use aren't the brokerage firms. So they're saying, for the money I'm paying you, are you giving me the, the proportionate amount of value? And, and that, they don't like the answer. Right. All right. Robert Refkin, thanks for bringing your unique perspective to the real estate industry and best of luck with Compass. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Yahoo Finance Presents podcast. Be sure to rate, review and share this podcast and remember to subscribe so you never miss an episode.